Please be seated, everybody, and good morning to you. At our home group a couple of years ago, we did a study on the Beatitudes, about those words of Jesus regarding the attitudes and, I suppose, the beliefs that we should have. But uh, lately his words about being a peacemaker have been troubling me, given the international conflicts we're seeing and the, and the divisions within our own country and the seeming inability to find a good way forward. I suspect many of you are troubled a bit like me. And so our prayer this morning is about these beliefs and attitudes. So let us pray. Father God, we thank you that we can bring our anxieties and troubles to you, the one almighty being who sees all things, knows all things, understands all things and is the one infallible source of all truth. We thank you for your love for us, your patience with us and your purposes for every unique individual you have created. We thank you that by your spirit you've given each one of us who has surrendered his life to Jesus the desire to grow and become more Christ-like. And we thank you for your word and the sayings and teachings of Jesus and his encouragement to carry out what he has told and taught us. Father, we confess the attitude we sometimes have and the desire just to be left alone sometimes, just to do what we want to do and not be troubled by what's happening to people elsewhere. So, Father, we ask for forgiveness for any negative attitudes or even prejudices towards other people because they're not like us. Forgive us for any bigotry towards those who do not look like us, who do not behave like us, who do not live like us and who do not believe in you as the one true God. Father, please cleanse us from attitudes of racism in any form, from religious intolerance, from ethnic or other prejudices of all types. Help us change our attitudes towards all people to appreciate that they are all your creation and that we need to be very careful when we judge other people. And Father, it's troubling that in these times many people seem to have an increasing problem with anger about which Jesus specifically cautioned us. And too often we hear angry words, we read angry writings, and we see more and more anger and violence, and we now have to add the growth in trolling and cancel culture and insults and lies and untruthfulness and name-calling. Father, if we are doing this, please forgive us and please help us to change our ways. And when we see others doing this, Father, please help us and encourage us as both church and individuals to be voices of moderation, of calmness, of reason, of peace, of compromise where needed, and truth, your truth. Father, help us be peacemakers, we pray. And we pray these things this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Richard. Thank you for those prayers, Richard. And uh, it's my honour now to be able to invite Hans up onto the stage. Hans is a friend of our church. He's uh, been, been a number of times, and it's always a blessing to have Hans come and share and to minister amongst us. So we, we welcome you 
here to the stage and uh, yeah, pray a blessing on us in Jesus' name. Thank Amen. you. Thank you. It's so lovely to be in your church again. And it doesn't seem that long ago that I was here last, which it wasn't, of course. So... <laughs> Anyway, it's, um, it's, I understand you're going through the teachings of Jesus. Is that right? Is that sort of the overriding theme? And uh, I was asked to speak on that this morning. And uh, uh, I'm going to address something that I haven't spoken about for a long time. And I think a lot of us like to skirt around. And I've put it up here on the first PowerPoint. Do I click it to start it? There we go. Where are we going to spend eternity? <laughs> the future, what's it look like? Good to hear about mansions this morning. And, uh, but um, Jesus had a lot to say about heaven, hell and the hereafter. And we live in a culture that doesn't want to talk about that very much anymore. We just like to think about heaven, but we don't like to put it in the position or the tension of Scripture where uh, Jesus also said there is that which we need to avoid. And the key verse that I uh, have found myself thinking on and started me thinking this morning was was this one where it says, uh, narrow is the road or the gate and why, and there are many that go through it, the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Part of the challenge we have today is we have a culture that's running this way and the church and all that we stand for in, with Christ runs counterculture. And uh, we find ourselves often in that tension point where we're against where the majority is flowing. And the temptation is to try and bring the gospel into a more palpable state, into a place where people will feel comfortable with it. And, uh, and in the process, we diminish so much of what Jesus actually came to teach as well about the true consequences of eternity and where we spend our future. And so uh, I would find it easy to speak this morning about a lot of the nice things that Jesus says, but I felt challenged this morning out of this verse, particularly to ask you the question, where do you put yourself in terms of the wide and the narrow roads? Because there are two roads and Jesus made it very clear and taught a lot around this theme as he went through um, his days here on earth, and we have them recorded, of course, in Scripture. I read this quote that really stood out to me. The world is the closest to heaven unbelievers will ever know, and the closest to hell God's children will ever know. It's a beautiful world we live in. It gives us a taste of what heaven's going to look like. In fact, C.S. Lewis, I think it was, uh, talked about the notion of heaven as being everything that the earth is only made more real. And so we have a foretaste of that which is to come. But uh, (laughs) the closest place that people who don't know God will get to is in fact fact here, uh, is in fact what is to come. The world is the closest to heaven unbelievers will ever know. But it's also the closest to hell God's children will ever know. For us, it's going to get better and better if you know Jesus. It's not stepping out of this life into who knows what, but stepping out of this life into even greater life. 
And the joy that we have and the gospel that we share is a gospel that speaks of a saviour who comes to transform and change people's worlds and lives. Uh, the picture that I put up there is a picture that I took some years ago when I was in France with, in, in, with Fiona and we went to an amazing cathedral as there are so many around France and this is an Albi. Uh, and it's, uh, it's very typical of what you see at the front of a lot of the old churches where they would draw symbolically, uh, hell on one side, which is on the right here, and heaven on the left. Uh, one side is rejoicing. Actually, I got it the wrong way around. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there was this contrast, and in this particular cathedral, they took away and put a doorway in the middle where actually Christ was. So typically you would see, and if you go, say, for instance, on the end of the Sistine Chapel, you'll see this great last judgment scene as well, where you will often see in a lot of the cathedrals they try to visually draw the contrast between heaven and hell. And it made me think about, well, if we, if we drew today a picture of eternity, what would it look like? And we just probably draw all the nice side and we try to diminish or have off to the side or not even there that which is the, the, the hell side. Now I am not going to spend time tonight, today speaking about what's the, the, the full teaching on hell and heaven. What I really want to just ask you the question is, where is your destiny? I don't have the time to unpack completely what the Scripture says about that, but I do want to unpack the fact that the Scripture says a lot about heaven and hell and that it's there's a choice being made by all of us here this morning about which road we're going to be on and which road we are on and what the future can look like. And as I said, it's a, it's a sobering message because life has consequences. Uh, as I put up there, we decide our freedom. We have choice of will. You make a decision. You might have seen the movie Bruce Almighty that I put up there. It's, uh, it's a guy in our church, actually, who got saved through watching that movie. So God can move in mysterious ways, I tell you. But it, it's, 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 for those of you who haven't seen it, it's a movie where, where um, uh, Jim, the character who Jim Carrey is playing, a reporter, he just gets very frustrated because at all the points where he asks God to come through, he doesn't come through. And eventually he has this epiphany moment where God reveals himself to him uh, in the form, uh, it's actually um, Morgan Freeman is, is playing God and Morgan Freeman says, all right, you want to be God? Here you go. Be God for a while. And he gives him all this God power. And for the first little time, part of the movie, it's, it's pretty amazing. He, he just sees all these miraculous things happen uh, around him. You know, that just shows, gives him an incredible feeling of power. But then also comes the responsibility upon him. For instance, he has to answer all the prayers of people. And so uh, there's all these prayer requests that come in on his computer uh, from all the people around the world and before he realises there's millions of them there. And he, he's trying to answer them and he can't keep up. And in the end he goes as fast as his little fingers would go to answer all the prayers. And in the end he gives up and he just presses yes to all. And uh, so then, of course, pandemonium sets in because everybody gets the answer to their prayers. And now, you know, 
in a sense, we hope that God would say yes to all. We would like to think that eternity is full of everybody for all eternity (laughs) and that everybody's going to be there in the presence of God because God says yes to all. But you see, the gospel makes it clear that there's consequences and Jesus talks about the fact that the only reason we didn't have saviour is this is something to be saved from. If we didn't, if, we, if everybody just went automatically to heaven, if everything was always automatically good, what's the point of the gospel? Jesus came because there was something that separated us from eternity with God. And it starts, the separation starts here on earth. And that's why for some, this is the best taste of heaven they'll ever get, where God gives them a chance to feel and sense what heaven could look like. But for us who are Christians, it's the closest we'll ever actually get to hell, which is the sense of being separated from God. We actually combine our lives with God and we suddenly go on this amazing adventure that begins even right now. And Paul said this is the deposit guaranteeing what is actually yet to come. The best is yet to come for us. It can be for you this morning if you don't know Christ. And it's a... it's. You know, I've been to a lot of funerals and and taken a lot of funerals over my ministry life. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we'd like to say yes to all. And we give the hope of Christ always, even in those last moments, because we don't know. God ultimately is the only judge of what's life and death and where eternity is going to be spent. I'm, glad, I'm really glad it's his responsibility and not mine. But at the same time, the, the challenges for us to live with the reality that life is going to end for all of us. The two things we share in life is birth (laughs) and death. (laughs) And yet we bury our head in the sand so much in our culture today to that which is the eternal consequences. And we'd like to believe that it could be just yes to all. (laughs) Jesus made uh, this great statement here. Come unto me, all you that labour and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. John reflected on Jesus and said, he that has the Son has life, and if you don't have him, you actually don't have life. Now this is eternal life, that you know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is the, the opportunity for a church like this to present the message of Jesus When we talk about the teachings of Jesus, he came to teach about eternity. He came to teach about our eternal destiny. He came to give us an opportunity right now, right here this morning, to reaffirm in our hearts and lives that we're on a road that's going to lead to eternal life. I want to encourage you towards that this morning and that you can make some important decisions for your own life afresh. Some of you are committed Christians, or most of you are. Well, here's the opportunity this morning to just again say thank you, God, for that which is my eternal hope, that this is not the end but just the beginning of eternity with you and I step over from death into life. For those of you who don't know Christ here this morning, here's the opportunity for you to align your life and even as we heard through the little kids clip, you can make a decision this morning to give your heart to Christ and to make sure you're on that road that leads to eternal life.
In the scriptures, there are many, many parables, and I want to focus on a few of them, or on one of them particularly this morning, but out of Matthew chapter 25. Interestingly, of the 43 parables that are there listed in scripture, over 13 or more of them relate directly to heaven and hell. This is a major theme of Jesus' teaching. And whilst we, in the comfort of our culture, would want to avoid speaking about the negative side of the, of, of the issue, we just would like to believe in yes to all. The reality is Christ spoke very strongly and clearly uh, an opposite message. And it comes out particularly in, in Mark chapter 25, in Matthew chapter 25 where he repeats stories. And these are the, the, the very last things that Jesus is saying. Two days before the Passover, this is his final message, if you like, to the disciples and to the, those that were followers of Jesus. You know, it's the last words we always hang on to from someone. What's the last thing they say? Well, Jesus, of all the things he could speak about, decided to speak into this theme again. Of heaven and hell, and he speaks into speak to it, speaks to it in the context of these three parables. Uh, the first one that I've got up there is the story of the of, of the women who were gathered waiting for the bridegroom, and it's a story of of just being ready. <laughs> there were those who who trimmed their lamps and had oil that was there to be lit when the bridegroom came, and they could go in with the bridegroom into the wedding feast. It's a picture of entering into heaven because your lamp is lit and you're, and you're right when Jesus comes back. Uh, there were those who used up all that they had. They had no oil and they had to go rush off and find it and in the process missed the opportunity to go in. It's a sobering story, but I don't want to spend time on that except to say that it sets the scene. Jesus is building the picture that there are consequences and choices that we make there are consequences to the choices that we make. Yeah, the next story he tells is the parable of talents, where he gives things, uh, he gives the story of, of, a, of a, how a, uh, a, an owner gave talents or skills or monies for, for his servants to invest. And he gave five talents to some. And that five-talent man uh, reinvested the money and came back with even more doubled his money and the words are declared to him well done good and faithful servant the same for the guy with two talents well done good and faithful servant because he reproduced his money the, the guy with one talent what did he do he just buried his talent hid it and brought it back safely and it's a story about not being too safe with your life but being prepared to invest your life and use the talents and skills that God gives you Jesus' last teaching then is towards this whole challenge of the return of Christ uh, to, the, to the end times. Now I want to spend some time with you this morning particularly talking about the parable of, of the sheep and the goats. Uh, the story is one where, where um, the king in the story... Uh, it brings uh, all the nations, or the story starts with Jesus talking about all the nations coming together and then being separated into sheep and goats. Uh, 
And it's the picture of the, of the shepherd that would separate that which is, is going one way and that which is going the other way. And this morning, <laughs> there is a challenge for us. Are you a sheep or are you a goat? Uh, the sheep in the story were taken to the right and the goats to the left. The sheep were considered gentle of spirit and yielded in heart. The goats were perceived as being defiant and independent in spirit. Uh, a real picture, in a sense, of, of where our society is at as well. There are those that are independent and defiant and want to do their own thing. Uh, there are those that comply and are willing to give over their independence, give over their, their sense of, of defiance and, and say, I yield myself to the presence and power of God. This morning, we have the opportunity to give your heart afresh to Christ, to give your life to Christ again. Why? Because the, there are eternal consequences to the sorts of choices that we make. To the sheep, Jesus said in the story, then the king will say to, the, to those on the right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Wow, that's going to be a great accolade, isn't it? A great hope that we live in, that here, welcome. Welcome into this kingdom and look what I've prepared for you. On the other side, there will be those who I will say, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Uh, when I read that, I thought, boy, I don't really identify with that, Jesus. I wish you hadn't put that little bit in at the end of that story. Couldn't you have some sort of redemptive plan for people, for all people? Can't you just say yes to all? I have my own thoughts about what might happen in the long distant future of eternity. But let me just say this. As far as we have the record of scripture, Jesus makes it very clear there are eternal choices before us. There are things that we decide here and now as to what road we're on. And one of the most amazing things is when you make the choice for Christ, it, it begins and creates heaven on here on earth. It starts to become a, an enriching of your life, not a narrowing and a confining of your life. The sad thing, though, is, as it says in the Scriptures here, that few there are who choose that. There are a lot more goats, as it were, than there are sheep. But here is the opportunity this morning for you and for me to hear the sobering message of this parable. And the question that Jesus is raising, and this is the very last thing he says before he is about to go into all the events that led to his death. Just before the Passover season, he says these words. And he speaks them into the people that are followers of Christ. And he says, there's a king. And is he going to divide to the left and to the right the sheep, the goats? And to the right will go the sheep and to the left will go the goats. And the goats, unfortunately, will go into a very desperate and terrible space. To live without God for eternity must be hell. I don't know what hell is going to feel like, 
But I know what heaven feels like because I get a taste of it right now. And to live with Christ is amazing. And you feel it and you sense it if you're a Christian here this morning. It's the most amazing foretaste of that which is yet to come. And we live in hope of that for those who have gone before us, that they would be in God's presence. And we live with that hope and anticipation that they are on that narrow path that leads to eternal life. I look forward to heaven. I don't particularly want to die yet, but it's not something that fills me with fear or anxiety. As the Apostle Paul said, for me to live as Christ and to die actually is gain. Oh, oh, grave, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? He said. Why? Because he had this, he knew <laughs> that his security ultimately was safe because of the presence and power of Christ in his heart and life. It's not the case for others. You may not have given your life to Jesus here this morning. Well, here's an opportunity for you to just weigh this message up. And say, could I step over from death into life right now? Well, you can. Here's the pathway that is outlined in this story to life. It's repeated numbers of times and it's interesting what it says. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Now, is that getting across the fact that we should just uh, do lots of good Christian works or good deeds, and that's what gets us into heaven? Uh, It seems to allude to that. Jesus said at the end, I tell you, whatever you did to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do it for me. Now, I've put up there a movie that Fiona seems like all I do is watch movies, but that's not the case. <laughs> and we watched this movie just this last week. How many of you have seen this? It's just a lovely, delightful movie. But it's a sad story in another sense because it tells the story of, of, this, uh, of this bureaucrat set back in the immediate post-war period of, of England, uh, I guess, renewing itself and it's caught up in all the uh, the sort of the class structures of the day and so on. It's, an, it's a fascinating movie. But it's the story of a guy who's a bureaucrat and who gradually gets, I guess, suppressed in life by the routine of life. In fact, he's described by one of the characters in the film as Mr Zombie. <laughs> Uh, and he's <laughs> sort of dead, but not dead. Because as he said, he just realised, this was one of the quotes from the movie, life, he said, just crept up on me. One day preceding the next, not happy, not unhappy, just plodding along. Where life had become rather dull, where life had become fairly predictable, where life was such a routine, there was no spark or originality or, or energy in it. What Jesus is getting at here is the pathway to life is one where you grab hold of life and you make it happen. Now, you may not end up ministering in prisons. 
You may not know a lot of sick people. I hope you don't find too many naked folk. Or whatever the sense of the, there is. But what's it saying? What's Jesus saying? There is life to be lived to the max. And you can grab hold of your life and either just plod along a day at a time and bury your head in the sand and never really think about the eternal consequences of what you're doing. Or you can decide, I'm going to live my life to the full and God give me the energy and the power and the capacity to do that. And look at what the adventure of life can become as you step out with Christ into all that your life can be, where you can minister to the hungry and the thirsty and the strangers, where you can deal with those social needs that are there. But you're doing that not not to establish your relationship with God, but because you have a relationship with God. That's a big difference. There are a lot of people who are trying to earn the favour of God to try and get into heaven. And surely my good deeds will do it, God. I've been a good man. And we often talk in that context at funerals. Look at all the good things this person's done. We forget all the bad. Because we sort of hope that everybody will get into heaven. Yes to all. All have done some good things. Well, the challenge Jesus brings out here in this story, this last story before his his great death on the cross, is he, he's speaking to you and I about eternal consequences. And he's asking you the question, are you a sheep or are you a goat? The goat just gets caught up in the here and now of life, just plodding along, doing the same old, same old. Yesterday, the same as tomorrow. You may not feel like a Mr Zombie, <laughs> But your life can become like that. And that's why so many people have lost hope and purpose in their lives is because they, they haven't got the very source of life at the, at the centre of them. And what did Jesus say? He that has the Son has life. And if you don't have him, you don't have life. James, in his writings, tries to come to grips with this issue of the balancing of our social action and our faith. And he says, what good is it to my brothers if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Uh, Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking the daily food and, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things they need in the body, what good is that? And so also faith by itself is not, does not and does not have works is dead. Now it's not saying here, and Paul, and excuse me, James is not saying here that we can just have works and that can occur without faith. He's saying the faith that we have has to demonstrate it in the works that we express, where our faith in Christ causes us to grab hold of life and where we live life to the max by the power and the presence of Christ within us. Where life here is productive and fruitful, 
He goes on to say, but if someone will say to you, have faith and I have works, show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. And he's not saying here we don't have faith. He's saying faith needs to be demonstrated in lives that are engaged and active in the works that are there, whether it's caring for the, the poor and the, looking after those that are, not clothed or whether it's in all the social actions that were already talked about here in the service in your mission work, our mission is also here today into our own community where we live life with the presence and power of Christ working through us. That takes us on an amazing adventure where heaven begins here on earth. I encourage you this morning to remind yourselves that we live our lives with consequence. Romans 10, 9 says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We make choices now that affect eternity. You make choices here this morning that affect your eternal destiny. In Deuteronomy, the Old Testament context, where they had the laws and regulations to try and uh, measure their their um, effectiveness by. It says, see, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and, dest- and destruction. You choose, it's saying. You can have one or the other. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. And then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. In the New Testament, we live in the grace of, of the completed work of Christ. What he did on the cross for you and I meant that it was no longer by works but by faith that we are saved. Not obliterating the works but enhancing the works that we do by the power of our belief and our trust in Christ. In 2 Peter 3 it says, And the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, but he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. The, The Lord delays his coming. Why? Because he doesn't want anybody to perish. His grace is out towards you and I this morning. Whilst there is yet time, Reach out to those around about you because the message of Jesus is strong and firm. There's sheep and goats. There is that which would divide. We don't like to speak on this or preach on it. I certainly don't. I love grace. I love speaking on the the atmosphere of of God's goodness towards us. Now, he is good, and that's why he brought a saviour. That's why he said there's an eternal consequence to a life of independence. Don't this morning allow yourself to go down the road of the the goats. Choose the pathway of the sheep, even though it may only be a few. Make the decision this morning to follow Christ. The day of the Lord will eventually come like a thief in the night. The heavens will disappear with a roar and the elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything on it 
will be laid bare. There comes a closure to a fallen world. Whilst there's yet time, the Lord delays his coming so that no one would perish. This is the heartbeat of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but could have everlasting life. I saw it written there on your guitar strap this morning, Pastor Sam. You know, that's the reality. God so loves you that he gave his son Jesus so that instead of just following the herd of goats down a pathway that leads to destruction, you could move from the left to the right, to the right path, in the right direction. And even though the numbers may be few, and few there are that find it, you can be one that can be assured right now that your life is in eternal security and your destiny has been established. It must be an important message for Jesus Jesus to so often speak to it. It must be a thing of that burdened his heart was that he didn't want people to end up in a godless eternity. He came because he loved us so much and to show us a way forward into eternal life that can begin right here this morning in this church. It's the core message of why this church exists, is to give people the hope of Christ, a hope that begins in this life but goes on into eternity. And whether we, whether we like it or not, it's there in Scripture. We have a God who ultimately doesn't say yes to all. He says yes in Christ Jesus. And the amen is spoken this morning by us. We decide Will we receive Christ into our hearts and lives? If you've received Jesus this morning, this is an amazing opportunity this morning for you to just reaffirm your commitment to Christ and say, thank you, Lord. Help me to grab hold of this life to the max and wherever I can have opportunity to find the hungry and the thirsty and the stranger and those that are naked and, and those that, that, that are sick and or are in prison, whatever I can do to help this world get better right now, Lord, with your power and energy coursing through me, I want to grab life. You can do that this morning. That can be your point of commitment. If you don't know Jesus this morning, then here's a great opportunity for you to give your heart and life to Christ. In this context this morning, there's the presence of the Holy Spirit here to cause you to, as you give your heart to Christ this morning, you declare, it says right at the top there, you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. And you here this morning can move over from death into life. I started this morning with a scripture asking the question, which path are you on? Well, you choose this morning. You can enter through the narrow gate. Wide is the road and broad it is that leads to destruction. Many, unfortunately, are going towards it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And a few there are that find it. Sometimes we've thought, you know, when we're in the majority, then, 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 then the kingdom of God will be established. The kingdom of God has always functioned and has always existed through history in the minority, actually. 
And few there are that truly find it. I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity to know Jesus the better part of my life, as have many of you. And to know what life is and to know that my eternal security is established, that when it comes for my time to pass from this life into the next, I know where I'm going and you can know where you're going because Christ said there's an opportunity right now for you to choose. Will you go to eternal death or to eternal life? Declare in your heart this morning, Jesus is Lord and you can be saved. Let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, this morning we come before you and we, we stand with our own life weighed in the balance. And we thank you, Father, that this morning the, the gospel is a gospel of salvation. The gospel of Christ is one where he came to save a world that needed to be protected from the eternal consequences of life lived independently and doing things in our own strength. Instead, this morning, we can make choices that bring heaven to earth right now. And Lord, where, where, where it's just a taste even now of what is yet to come, it's going to get better and better and better because that's what you promised, Lord, and that's the truth. You taught it, Jesus. You came to give that message that there is a consequence to the way we live our lives. And we thank you, Lord, that, there are, that for all of us here, we can make choices this morning that cause us to live in life and life in abundance. I pray for those who don't know you here this morning, that they'll sense you calling them to yourself. They'll just feel you reaching out to them and saying to them, come, come home, child. Come into the fold, the shepherd, the good shepherd, rounding up his sheep and calling you into his presence where there's protection for eternity and where there's release of life in abundance even right now. If you don't know Christ this morning, you can do that quite simply here by just in your heart saying, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to be sure that my eternal destiny is established, that I'm going to heaven. For those of you who are Christians here this morning, you've already made that decision. You've made that declaration. And this morning you can declare again, Jesus, you're my Lord. And I want to just grab hold of life to the full. And I want to live it to the max so that many others might be drawn in to the narrow road, though it might be, that leads to eternal life that they might ask me and might sense through me something of what heaven actually looks like and can feel like because I see it outworking itself in my life and world right now. So this morning, Lord, we all, we all come before you and we want to declare Jesus is Lord. I wonder if you could stand together. In your heart. Just say right now, Jesus is the Lord. You are Lord. If you've never given your life to Christ, say it right now. I want to make you my Lord.
If you know Jesus, just reaffirm you're Lord of my life. I want to live life to the max. I want to live it to your glory. Father, we thank you for the love of Christ that is towards us, that you came, Jesus, to save this world, to make sure that we didn't march off into a godless eternity, but we marched off into an amazing world that's, we heard through the kids' story, where, where there are mansions that are established, things that are just over the top, wonderful, amazing eternity. We, we can't even begin to imagine fully what that is except for the small glimpses we hear of and have heard of from people who've been or seen or had visions of it or, or from your scriptures that talk of the wonders of heaven. Lord, we can make a decision this morning to be secured of our eternal destiny. And we thank you, Lord, that this church gives place and space for that to happen. I wonder if we could all pray together. Repeat after me. Dear Father, I come before you and give my life afresh to you. I declare you are Lord of my life. And I thank you, Father, that that means I have passed over from death into life and that life eternal has begun right now. I pray, Lord, your continued blessing upon my world and life. Fill me, Holy Spirit, with that which would empower my life to live it to the full. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, as we've given ourselves afresh to you this morning, I pray, Lord, for any that are doing that for the first time, that they would follow their convictions of faith. And for all of us, that we would do what we can, whilst there is yet time, to lead others onto the pathway that leads to eternal life. Thank you for the hope of Scripture that gives us that, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Now, I, I love giving scriptures to people, and I haven't taken time to do that this morning. Prophetic encouragement. <laughs> Words that could just speak into some of your hearts, lives, and, and worlds. And, I, and as I was preparing, I felt there was some that I'd like to give to this. Uh, can I point out, and if you come and see me afterwards, the guy in the brown hoodie, jacket, what was your name? Matt. Matt? If you'd love to come forward, I'd love to speak to you because I feel like God might be saying to you, sometimes you might feel like, uh, where, where are you, God? There's no answers to some of the things you've been crying out to. Well, I just want to give you assurance that God hears your cry and for you to hear that this morning. Uh, for the, the lady sitting behind, diagonally behind him with glasses on, yeah, what was your name? Ali? Carly, Carly, for you as well, just please come forward because I just feel like there's opportunities that are coming and you've been wondering and anticipating when they're going to be, but I feel like God wants to say to you, uh, be ready for the opportunities. Don't let them miss you. 
you know, the stories that we, that we gave, some of them, you know, for the virgins, for instance, it was missed opportunity. They weren't ready. And I just feel like God wants to just speak into you, and I want to give you some verses that might encourage you towards that. Um, to, uh, to this young lady sitting there with a, yeah, with a blonde, there's a soft just back behind you. Yeah, that's it. You just look sideways. Young girl behind Bev. Yeah. What was your name? Adele. Adele, there's a softness to your heart, and God wants to encourage you in that because the Bible talks about the contrite spirit, the, the soft spirit, the soft heart, and I feel like God wants to just encourage aspects of that in your life. And is that your mum next to you? No, you're by yourself? Huh? Ah, friend. Well, come forward together with your with your whoever's brought you, if you feel awkward together. I just don't want you to feel that way. And there's a few others that I I, I feel if you feel God's spoken, you know, you're wanting to hear from God this morning, and would love me to pray with you. Then please come over the side here. I'll be or over here, and we'll be waiting for you to pray. All right. And those that I've asked to come forward, if you're happy to, please come. Thanks. Um, we're going to stand and end off our service with a song. So if you'd like to stand and we're going to sing about our great God. Actually, before we get into mm. just the singing, if you feel um, like you've been impacted by the, the word this morning and you would love prayer, perhaps you've prayed that prayer for the first time and you just want to put into action that faith, like James said, that it's not just going to be a faith that's sitting there, but you're going to actually stand up and you're going to walk forward uh, and you're going to have um, someone pray over you. Um, perhaps you've you've lived your Christian life and you've, you've just come back to the reality of that this morning and you just would love someone to pray with you. We're going to have the, the prayers down here by the cross. So I just encourage you as we sing, just come forward and, and have someone come and pray with you. Just um, as we were praying before, I felt like the Lord gave me a word and it wasn't quite formed yet. And I just feel like the Lord just gave it to me then. Um, and I'm telling you that because sometimes we need to wait for the fullness of what God wants to say. And I feel like I had, had a, a picture of a, a right angle and I was asking the Lord what that meant. And for some of you, your road right now isn't straight. Your road is actually a circle. You're on a roundabout. And you're wondering which exit to get off on. You can see lots of people go that way. That looks appealing. That looks, that looks fun. 
And then, but you think maybe not, and you you see one or two people go this way. That's the right thing to do. Should I? And you're not. My family are going this way. Oh, my friends are going this way. And you're actually going around and around and around in circles. Your spiritual life is going around and around and around. And that right angle is like a boom gate. And the Lord this morning is wanting you to say, just stop. Stop going in circles. Just be still. Know that I am God. Make a decision right now to stop just your life just being around and it's going nowhere. If that's you, can I just encourage you to just come forward and just talk about it. Ask, have someone to pray over it. That that boom gate is just like a, come on guys, let's just stop going around in circles. Let's, let's just make a decision right, right here and right now. I just want, we just want to pray for you. Thanks. something I'd just like to share um, and uh, this came to me while hands were speaking um, early on in my uh, life here in Australia I passed a church which had a sign on it and it's, uh, the sign was simple it said some people never sing they die with all their music still inside them and that has stuck with me all the way through my um, life since I saw that and sadly there are so many people in this world who never sing the song that has been put in their heart because we've all been made in the image of God. We all have a song to sing. We all have a music to give life to, our, to us and to others. And so I just wanted to share that with you. It may speak to some people here. Uh, and it, some people, as I say, never sing, uh, never will sing. And some of us who've got the song that God has put in our hearts somehow bottle it up and it doesn't come out. There is music in your heart. There's music in your life. So sing that song that God has given you so that that life will shine forth and bless others. Some people never sing. They die with all their music still inside them. May that not be me. May that not be you. Thank you. Fantastic. 
Thank, thanks, Hans. Um, that's about as real as it gets, um, the message that's been shared today. Like now and the future, either with God or without God, uh, it really does demand a response. So um, just encourage anyone that wants to come forward for prayer or to connect with uh, Hans and Fiona as well, um, please feel free to do so. You might need to wait a little bit to speak with Hans, but he'll be here and really wants to, to share with you too as well. Um, for others, tea and coffee will be here as well to, to hang around for a chat and just, yeah, just pray that the Lord has spoken to each and every one of us this morning and just God bless you all as you're going into the week. Thank you.